It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix and Naomi Dorland joining me for another week. Hey, Naomi. Hey, Nikki. How are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. How about you? Good, good. Another Monday, another day. Another week is upon us. <laughs> was your weekend good? It was. It was. It was lovely. It's really nice weather. Look, here we go talking about the weather again. Oh, Gosh. Oh. Um, no, it's just beautiful weather at the moment. It's lovely. It has. You know what? I'll deviate from the weather until you actually tick something off a bucket list possible win. Uh, but I've finally got my kids enrolled in swim classes. So you know the weather's warming up when you book your kids in for swimming. Absolutely. Are they in an indoor pool or an outdoor pool? Indoor pool for now. It's 28 degrees. I pretty much don't swim under 28 degrees. It's the getting them out of the pool and to the change room and stuff as well because the the swim school we go to, which is fantastic, but you need to leave the complex kind of the actual swimming area and go to the bathrooms to get changed. Oh, that does sound very, very cold. Well, we got down there and Hunter was like, I'm not going in the water. And I was like, not today, buddy, but maybe in a couple of days. He doesn't know that yet. Uh, (laughs) We're getting prepared for summer, I'm hopeful. Hey, we've got a big show coming up. We're going to be talking about, uh, we've done a lot of the health issues, haven't we? And it's time to get to the last little bit. We are. I'm looking forward to it. We're going, today we're going to be talking about the third trimester. And don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Talking Twins and More. A multiple birth podcast. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. The third trimester, we've made it through the first and the second, uh, but the third, for many of us, we did not make it to the full term, that's for sure. Well, there's actually a lot of people that don't make it even to the third trimester. So mm. I always used to count my blessings that I had made it that far and, you know, that we were still together. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point. It's something that my obstetrician said to me is he's like, uh, every every week you go into the third trimester is just a growing week. And those are such important growing weeks and you, you're so valued. And it's hard when you're in that at the time, because very rapidly, at least I felt over it. So you have to keep reminding yourself that every week those babies are in there, they're growing every day, they're in there, they're growing, they're doing better, their lungs are becoming stronger and all of those sorts of things. Yeah, I remember someone saying to me, and I never know if this is true, and so if someone can correct me and it's factually incorrect, then let me know. Um, (laughs) I was told that for every day that they're inside you, it's one and a half days less that they'll need in special care. I'd love to know if that's real, but it sounds good anyway. So we'll go with it. I often will say that to people um, on the Twinfo page and things like that that are saying, I'm just over it. And Mm. I mean, I fully sympathise, but I used to just say that to them and I never did actually find out whether it was factual or not but it sounds good. And I think it's hard because you get to a point in any pregnancy when you just you do get over it and you start going I want I want to get these babies out and um, you know with with multiples it tends to come a little bit earlier there's more discomfort more health issues going on but it's such a, a good reminder to I guess if you have the opportunity to stay extra days and everything just hang in there. Absolutely. And it's uncomfortable. It's completely unglamorous. It's, there's stuff happening that you never thought would ever happen to your body, but you just, you've got to roll with it because it won't be long until you've got two or three very special bundles in your arms. Yeah. And the bigger they are, the better they are. Now, what was it like for you? At large. (laughs) Um, I'm very blessed in the fact that I have a very long torso. Um, so 
I think that really helped me in terms of um, not having to grow out as much. Mm. But for someone that is of a fairly slim build, I had the most amazing belly, which I loved. I but I loved my pregnant body. I just mm. thought, you know, I, I was always rubbing my belly and and talking to the babies and everything. I loved it. Mm. But I did have a lot of other issues yeah. that came about, as they do. Like what? Well, I, unbeknownst to me, and obviously hindsight is a very wonderful thing. Oh, that um, old chestnut again. <laughs> yes, I know. My water's broke at 31 weeks. Oh, wow. But um, I mentioned it. It actually that happened, it, it happened a few days before I was 31 weeks, but I had an appointment when I was 31 weeks. And I just sort of mentioned to the, to the doctor, look, I've got a lot of discharge. He looked at me and he said, you're 31 weeks pregnant with twins. Of course you've got discharge. <laughs> so I kind of went, okay. Reassuring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's not real, like, normal discharge. He goes, look, everything will be leaking at this stage, he said to me. <laughs> he wasn't oh, far wrong. Um, but I was like, oh, okay. And then it just got heavier and heavier and heavier. And I think I was about... 32 and a half weeks or something. I can't remember exactly. But I thought, hang on, you know, no, not this right. is really bad. Wow. And I I put a, a sanitary pad on mm. and, yeah, and then it was wet. And I was like, okay, hang on. Like, this is not right. So I rang the hospital and I went in. And then I never came home that day. I stayed in there on bed rest. A, a, a similar like- thing happened to me. Um, not not the waters breaking, though. Um I just started having cramps or contraction contractions. I didn't know they were contractions at the time. And I, it was 30 weeks. And I was like, it's all right, it'll go away. This was actually Boxing Day Eve. And um, and I had an appointment on the 27th with my obstetrician. I thought, it's fine, I'm going to see him in the morning. And I went in there and he said, no, you're, you're going into labour. You're not leaving. So we had the same thing. It's like, you're going straight to the hospital. You're not even going home to get clothes. See, I wanted to be at the hospital, so they just didn't let me go anywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, here's so your what room. Gestation? Sorry? What gestation were you? Uh, what gestation were you? By then it was 30, 30 and a half. Yeah, okay. Gee, we're lucky to have got that far. My heart goes out to those that have had real micrograms. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously so we, you know, we spent some time on bed rest after that. And um, yes. I've skipped a step, but on that note, I, I won't just – when you were saying every day that they're in there is a step further, I was I was so over it. I remember sitting on that bed, not even able to get up and get a cup of tea as a grown adult. In the space of 10 days, I'd gone from working to having Christmas and, you know, eating lots of food to sitting on a bed, not being able to go to the toilet without permission. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's hard. it's quite a, a confronting thing because you think you're an adult, you're about to become a mum, you know, you're in control of your life and then suddenly someone's sitting there going, don't even go to the toilet and getting angry at you. I, I agree. I went from the same thing because I was still working. I hadn't finished work. I was still working, only part-time by this stage, but I... Yeah, I, I was in a corporate management role. I had I was responsible for a lot of people and a lot of things. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I was being told what I could and couldn't do. And when I could go to the bathroom, and someone had to come with me. Yeah, it's 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 quite a. You feel like your dignity's being taken away in a way, don't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then I think about you know I'm very lucky with fraternal twins. It's very low risk. 
our friends that have the Momo multiples, um, they're on monitoring every other day and things like that. And they're in hospital for a long time on bed rest and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I've always been really grateful that I had fraternal twins. We made it, I mean, I did deliver at 34 plus two and we did have a long special care stint and everything, but we did manage to get a lot further than I actually thought we would have. It's Talking Twins and More with Mix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. So, Nikki, we've jumped right ahead here to bed rest, but like, how, how did you get there? Like, what happened before in the third trimester for you? How, how did you find the third trimester? Well, I didn't find the tri- third trimester as bad in terms of feeling sick and as fatigue, but like you were saying, just enormous. I felt absolutely huge and getting around and doing stuff was hard. Um, but it was probably as we were just probably the first week into the third trimester. So I'm, I'm terrible with my gestation weeks. I forget every single one of them and where we'd be up to. Um, but we, I got, I got called into the doctor for yet another blood test, yet another round of scans. And they said, oh, you know what? I think we need to do another glucose test. And sure enough, I uh, got flagged with the gestational diabetes. Now, Oh, I, um, no. Yeah. And then here we were. And I was like, I, I didn't really know what gestational diabetes was until that Me happened. And mm. To be fair, I don't think it's something that you even flag until you suddenly sort of sitting there and you're like, oh, you've got to have these blood glucose tests. And then, you know, for me, it was like, okay, well, you're you've got gestational diabetes. So next thing I'm off to a nutritionist and going to see a specialist and trying to work out because I was borderline. My, my glucose was constantly just slightly above the highest level it should be. So they were like, well, you really need to go on insulin because you've got two. But I and really it, didn't um, want to. like diet related as well and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, I ended up trying to manage it with diet, which turned out to be a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Well, considering you're, what, you're only eating blueberries and um, what was <laughs> I, the other? I'd upgraded to add a can of tuna by now. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> are right. protein happening. I was pretty much just trail mix and blueberries for most of it. And I don't know about you, but I certainly was not hungry by the time I got to the third trimester. Um, There's no room. Yeah, absolutely. There I mean, is my- no room in there to eat. That's it. My stomach felt like it was halfway up my throat and my bladder was so far squished. I just didn't, yeah, you can't function. So um, I had to manage it by diet, but with that, you also have to eat regularly to keep your blood glucose constant, things like whole grain toasts, bananas and those sorts of things. Um, So that was a real challenge. Sorry, one of my sons is in here at the moment having a bit of a meltdown. Is there any history of diabetes in your family? No, there's no history at all. So it was really quite surprising. And in the end, I wanted to avoid insulin as much as possible because, and again, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this one. But I believe that if you are on insulin longer, there's a greater chance of you ending up with diabetes after the pregnancy. Um, that I may have heard that. Be, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm certainly no medical professional, but I have heard that, yes. So you managed it yourself? You didn't need to go on insulin? Well, I, I managed it myself and we were, I was doing, I think it was four to five um, blood tests a day. So I, I had that little diabetes pinprick thing that you have and, and the little um. thing that you then put your um, blood sample on and then you put it in a machine and it measures your blood glucose. And I was doing that um, by the end of it six times a day. 
And wow, that's, that, that's committed. Yeah. yeah, well, that was it and that was as many times and I really wanted to try and manage it through diet. So it was really quite a stressful thing to go through and it was probably, uh, you know, obviously only a few weeks and then I I went started having these contractions, went in to see the obstetrician. The obstetrician's like, right, you're not going home, you're going straight to hospital and um, there I was on bed rest. And But the first thing they wanted to do, and I don't know about you, but they wanted to give me steroids. Oh, don't those little suckers hurt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And again, one of those things you just don't say. I mean, when they said to me, like, we need to pump you full of steroids, and I'm like, what? And they're like, well, for the baby's lungs, to try and get the the baby's lungs as as big as possible, as strong as possible in case we can deliver. Like, we need to at least hold you 72 hours to get the most out of the steroids. And I was kind of like... I didn't know we had to do this. All these things that you just and never knew. You don't know. And honestly, that, that needle hurt. Oh. And then when they come around, you have to have a second one. Well, I was very lucky to get to a second one. Some people don't get the second one. But I was kind of, I was lucky, but I was unlucky. Um, obviously, I was more lucky to have it. But, oh, gee, those, they, yeah, they hurt. Yeah, and it was just unbelievable unbelievably painful and then the other problem is that um your glucose levels your blood glucose levels then spike um when you have steroids yeah yeah oh i didn't know that yeah so this must have been i'm trying to work out the dates it actually must have been a couple of days after boxing day then i went in um it must have been the 29th 30th and 31st because i remember i had to do hourly blood tests um, to see whether I needed more insulin, less insulin, and it had to go for like 72 hours. It was... Hourly blood tests yeah. overnight as yeah, well? Yeah, hourly. Hourly blood tests. And I was in a shared room in, in the private hospital at this stage, and I have never no. endured torture like that. And um, Chris was amazing. He stayed as much as he would, but the, the nurses would come and they'd wake me up every hour, take a pinprick, check my glucose levels, let me doze off, uh, which was impossible. Um, I just watched oh a rotation gosh. of TV and we actually did that for New Year's Eve as well. And that <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Eve, <laughs> Chris came and stayed in the room because I had like a little little, like little like shelf, like the husband shelf is what I called yeah. it. And he got a blanket and the husband shelf. And he sat with me all night for that New Year's Eve, pinpricking every hour to check that my blood glucose levels were okay. How romantic. I hope you kissed at midnight or something. We did, but I was like, I'm over this. And that was that moment I was just like, I can't go to the toilet without asking for permission. I'm getting woken up every hour for blood tests. I've had these insulin put in me and I'm like... I've had insulin, insulin, everything. I'm like, oh, just get it over and done with. And I was just... I, I was starting to really lose control a little bit. Like I wasn't coping. And w- when did you deliver? How long were you on bed rest for? I was on bed rest for nearly three and a, three and a half weeks. So, um, so yeah. I was only like a week and a half. So I actually hadn't told anybody that I was on bed rest except for obviously my partner, knew, Dave knew, and my immediate family. But other than that, we didn't tell anybody. I hadn't even told my work. And because oh. I was only working four hours a day, um, every day, but four hours a day from home, Dave just bought my laptop in and I continued to work and no one knew that I was on bed rest. <laughs> really? <laughs> you didn't tell it. Why didn't you tell people? I don't know. I just didn't want to tell anybody and I just was so um, ingrained in my work life and my corporate life that I was like, no, I need to keep working. I need to keep working. Of course, as soon as the babies arrived, I was like, oh, 
I'm never working again because I just want to spend all my time with my baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah. Wow, anyway, that's what interesting. about you? Did you have like I told I no everyone. Oh, no, I, had I had heaps of visitors and because I was there for so long, I mean, I literally, it sounds ridiculous, but I, I felt like I became institutionalized. Um, I was there for so long. Like I went through three um, bed, like roommates and they all delivered before I was even close. Um, I had one that was just, oh God, I had a, I just, I didn't enjoy it. Um I had one lady who was just being really difficult and complaining all the time that I had lights on and had, and of course, I, you know, the lady next to me didn't have twins and I had to go to the toilet all the time and had to keep calling the nurses to help me go to the toilet because I was so worried like a baby was just going to slip out of me. Um, eventually, I remember walking into the middle of the hallway and I think I'd been on bed rest for about 10 days straight. And I couldn't even walk to the tea room to get a cup of tea. I got in trouble for doing that. And I walked into the middle of the hallway. It was about two o'clock in the morning and I just yelled, like I, not yelled, but I went and found a nurse and I was bawling my eyes out and I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I'm breaking. I'm like, I I need this over. I need to get out of here. I, I can't do this. I've spent 10 days sitting on a bed just staring at a wall with people now getting angry at me. And they were really amazing. They took me to a private room and I I was lucky enough to have my own space from there onwards, um, which was good because I was there for like another (laughs) 10 or 15 days after that. Um, And my obstetrician came and saw me the next day and he said, what's going on? And I was like, look, I I haven't even been outside. Um, I'm like, I, I can't do anything. I'm really struggling. And at this stage, they had put me on medication to stop the contractions. So I was taking this medication, I think it was three times a day, about that. And it was stopping the contractions. So basically stopping me going into labor. And mm. I said to my obstetrician, I'm like, I cannot do this. And he was so wonderful. He said, you need, you need some time out. You need some mental health space is what he said. And I said, yes, I, I'm just not coping. And he, um, he let me have a day of leave and the nurses were so angry at him. He actually let me and ended up letting me have two. And then he let me have, um, each day some downstairs outside time in the sun. Um, but yeah, yeah, but he, this first day he said, you know, you need to get out of here. He said, look, you need to understand you have to take this medication. If you have any kind of, you know, symptoms, you need to come straight back. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to risk my kids' life. <laughs> lives. Like, hello. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Chris put me in the car, took me. We sat by the beach, looked at the water, went back to the hospital, and I could deal with another five days or whatever it was till I got yeah. my next mental health break. And then, you know, the five days after that, we, we were going in. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was quite amazing how much I struggled to cope with that those three weeks just sitting in that room it on bed rest. It is hard. I, yeah. um, I had a similar situation in the fact that the woman next to me just was labouring all night and they were in and out, in and out, and she was not – nothing was progressing, but she was in a lot of pain, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I said to the lady, to the nurses, who are so lovely – I can't put up with this until my baby's come. I can't have a new person in here every day giving birth next to me. Yeah, it's horrible, and, um, isn't it? And bless them, they moved me to a private room because I was in a public hospital. They moved me to a private room and I had a window, which was so good just to be able to look out of. Mm. But I was the same. We, I, I'd gone to hospital. I had nothing and then was put on, on bed rest. We, we actually... I, we ended up, Dave came and met me there after work. We ended up having two cars at the hospital. 
Yeah. Oh. And Dave had to Logistically drive get home, one. <laughs> catch a taxi back, oh, no. and, dro- and, and drive the second one back. And in the meantime, we were like, okay, well, which one should we take? Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest issue at the time was how many parking fines are we going to get? Um <laughs> And not that, you know, we just hadn't come, it hadn't crossed our mind. I was in hospital, the babies were coming. We Mm. were worried about how to get these two car homes. Yeah, it's it's funny where your mind goes. I mean, we were exactly the same, like suddenly we're there. But you know what? After I'd been on bed rest for three and a half weeks in the same hospital, I had literally moved in. Chris had bought me like a snack array of like healthy, low GI or whatever I needed to eat for the gestational diabetes. And I'd become institutionalized. I was like, well, it's five o'clock. Where's my dinner? You know, I'd never yeah. eat at that time normally, but it was amazing. No. And we, we actually had to deliver at another hospital and come back. That's a whole nother story. Um, but even when I came back after that with the boys and we went back into special care there, um, I felt like I was going home. <laughs> I knew all yeah, the nurses. Right. And so it was amazing how quickly um, I just became so routine driven and just so not used to it. As I said, I, I wanted it over and day after day dragged, which was really hard because I wanted to, and in so many elements of my pregnancy journey, I, I didn't enjoy, which I'm a, a little bit sad about. Um, and that was one of those I things I never wanted. Yeah. Love. Yeah, I think it's quite common with multiple birth pregnancies. I think that, um, you know, you don't get to enjoy it as much as, um, particularly if it's a first-time pregnancy. I just, I wanted to be pregnant for so long mm. uh, that, um, uh, yeah, and then you don't really get that opportunity because you are high risk. You are constantly monitored mm. and et cetera. I mean, I was and having... you don't really get to enjoy it. Yeah, I was having scans every couple of days and, you know... Oh, all the monitors on you two, three times a day, yeah. blood tests all the time. And it wears you down. And I did get to that point where I was just like, I want to get these kids out. And I, I lost focus. And it was only, again, in hindsight that I was so grateful to everybody who dug in deep around the hospital and, and said, no, you are taking this medication. These babies are going to stay in as long as we possibly can keep them. Because um, it made such a difference yeah. to them in the long run. But you don't realise when you're in it because it's so hard. Time. And I fully empathise with all of you out there that are listening now that are yeah. feeling huge and you just want them out. Just hang in there. I know when people say that to you, you just roll your eyes, but it really, honestly, every day you can keep them in there is just is, is so much better for them. And, and you don't realise how much difference it makes to things like their breathing and the length yeah. of time that they're going to be in NICU. And I, yeah. I think in many ways I'd almost wish I'd seen a NICU unit or, or learnt a little bit more about it beforehand because I think it would have made it a bit more realistic. Um because I was sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll be fine. I'm sure we won't end up in NICU, but if we do, whatevs. And it's not until you see your babies in NICU that you go, I wish I was never here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, to anyone who's going through it, it is hard, but it is worth every single day. <laughs> it really is. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your story because um, <laughs> as people, as the listeners may not know, um, some of them will know, but we don't actually know each other. So all of this I'm learning at the same time that you're hearing it and, and Nikki's only hearing my story for the first time. It's very So true. I'm really looking forward to hearing the, the, the birth side of it and really getting into the nitty gritty. Oh, I feel like I'm at the nitty gritty. And you know what? I don't know about you, Naomi, but um, reliving a lot of this and telling someone your story, this is really the first time on a very um, personal, deep level with details that I've told somebody my story as you are with me um 
it generates a lot. Yeah, I was going to say it generates a lot of emotion. You can probably it hear it in my back voice. a lot of things. Yeah, I know. There's been a couple of times that I've gone, oh, wow, I forgot about that. Or yeah. when you've been talking, I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that. I had, and, you I, know, it, yeah, I had actually forgotten about the New Year's Eve until yeah. I started talking about that. And I was like, oh, my God, there was that 72 hours when they just kept waking me up. <laughs> so there you go. But look, I look forward to uh, learning more about your journey as well. And look, we want to share with other people as well. We're going to open this up and, and bring more people in. And don't forget to... Um, give us your thoughts what did you go through what did you experience in the third trimester yeah share your story on talking twins and more a multiple birth podcast next we're going to wrap it up quickly with our wins and losses it's talking twins and more with nix and naomi thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au right well let's start with me because i had a really big win as you know we've been having a lot of problems with our kids going to school without crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in year two, so it's not like they're in kindergarten prep, whichever state you're in, yeah. you know, they're in year two. So they're, they're in their third year of school and we're over halfway through the year now, but we're having a lot of anxiety at drop-off. Mm. But on uh, last week, I managed to drop both kids off and no tears. <gasps> and I was like, yes, I literally high-fived myself the whole way home. But I will tell you one funny thing. How I managed to get out of actually walking them in was they know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm just going to drop them off. Mm -hmm. But when we get to drop off, they sort of well up with tears one or the other and they're like, oh, come on, mummy, can you walk me in? And so I specifically didn't wear any shoes. (laughs) So I was like, sorry, honey, mummy's got no shoes on. She can't get out of the car. (laughs) That is a great tip for other mums. <laughs> I love and so it. that's how I managed to drop them off. And anyway, she was like, oh, okay. And then she waved to me and she left. And I literally I high-fived yeah. myself the whole way home. Well played. I know. What about you? What was your win? Um, my win wasn't quite as successful. Well, it was a bit different. Um, we had, I think I've been talking a little bit about our OT sessions that um, we, we got accepted into a an OT thing for Hunter and we've now been to two of these. And uh, the last one was a little bit more of a struggle. He he did struggle with a lot of things. Um, but my biggest win is just watching how hard he is trying. Um, oh, bless. This, this little guy who, and, and some of the other kids are a, a good six to 12 months older than him. Um, his gross motor skills are really fantastic. It's more his fine motor skills. Um, but his willingness and his enthusiasm to try everything has just blown me away. He has just been, yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's such, that's an amazing win. Yeah. Well done. That's like. That brought tears to my eyes. That's <laughs> I was amazing. joking. I'm like, I've got to stop talking or yeah. I'm going to cry. Uh, let's get to losses. We normally go out on a high, but we've we've gone the other way this week. We have because I didn't. I couldn't start with my losses without telling you about my wins. Oh, because they're always so, linked for you, aren't they? Mine are. I know. <laughs> I love it. So here's me mentally and physically high fiving myself as I head yeah. home, and I pull into the driveway. I only live a few minutes from the school. I pull into the driveway. I get out. I put the key in the door. And unlock it. My phone starts ringing in my handbag. And I was like, I mean, you know what a mum's handbag's like. I'm rummaging around in there to get it out. I pull it out. The keys are still in the door. And it says, the school's calling. And I thought, what? So I answer it. And they tell me that my boy, Oliver, has fallen over and sustained a head injury. Oh, my goodness. I only dropped him off. 
four minutes ago. What? How did this happen yeah, so what quickly? Happened? Um, well, he, bless him, he was walking backwards, um, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> and um, he tripped over a bench in the playground and landed head first because normally when you trip over backwards, your bottom would hit the ground, but because the bench hit him kind of in the back of the knees, he's I guess his head hit oh, first no. and he has a brain condition and yeah. he just happened to hit his head right in the area where he has a lot of, of, of problems with the, the brain. And oh. so they rang me straight away. So we spent the entire day in hospital. Oh. He's fine. I would just like to say, but I was going to say, I was so celebrating and high fiving myself for my win, and then this happened. What a bittersweet moment for you! I know, but at least anyway, he's okay. He is, and uh, look, I mean, that's even a bigger win than getting them to go into school because obviously that's that's more important. But oh. yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. <laughs> what anyway, what about you? What's your loss? Uh, my loss is actually a little bit about me this week, but it's uh, it's how quickly you need to think on your feet when something might go wrong with you as a mum. Funny you should mention hospitals because uh, Sunday night, Sunday I was at work and my kids were with their grandparents and their dad, and but Chris had to to go away for work that night, so he left a bit early and left them with the grandparents and um, I was driving home and I just got crippled over in pain and it was I went I went back to their place and I literally looked at them and said I'm really sorry I know that you don't have the capacity to do this right now but I've got to leave my kids here because I need to go to the hospital and I ended up not getting dismissed to the hospital until 1am after having endone morphine um, (laughs) neurofen panadol the works Um, and they still don't know 100% they thought maybe it was an appendicitis but they think it was probably a, a burst cyst or endometriosis related Um, but it was just so chronically painful I had no choice but to go to the hospital because I was like if this is gonna escalate I I can't deal with these two kids on my own no and thank goodness I was in a position where my mother-in-law could say yeah okay we'll make this work um but even that, I, you know, I ended up with one car at a hospital and having to go and reshuffle them all the next morning because I had to get a taxi oh. home and all sorts of bits and pieces. And, yeah, it was just that thing. And, and she's trying to make plans saying, like, how long am I going to have the kids for? Do I need to work out tomorrow? And I'm going, I don't know because I've got no information. And it's just that initial stress of, like, something goes wrong with you. What it, You know, you've got to have those fallback plans for the kids. You do. And it was, yeah, yeah it was that, yeah. so stressful. But, um, yeah, equally recovering and we were all a-okay and funnily enough Naomi while I was lying there trying to get as many many painkillers into me as possible um there was a set of nine-week-old twins next to me so there you go oh (laughs) no that's beautiful on that note that's it for us Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for sharing so much. Oh, I feel like I've overshared this week. Uh, look, I know. It's, 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 it's quite emotionally draining going through this process. We say at the start, okay, let's keep this one sharp and snappy, and then we just keep talking, and I just think it's um, it's good for us. Yeah, and look, we, we are just doing it to share our experiences. We hope that um, people enjoy it and that people want to share their experiences as well because we'd love to hear from you if you want to be involved in the show, if you want to uh, want us to talk about something in particular. We're just, yeah, we're just sharing our experiences. And I think, as we said when we started this, and I know a lot of people have sort of started following and got different thoughts and ideas, um, if one person 
walks away feeling a little bit better about their multiple pregnancy, their multiple birth, their multiple anything, then then that's what we wanted to achieve is just help people know that whatever your story, you're supported. Absolutely. And we'll be back next week. We will. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to you then. Bye. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.